Hey there, and welcome to the third episode of Lights, Cameras, Teach. I believe that just like an action-packed movie, a successful classroom needs a good director. Each episode of this podcast will share ideas about why I think it's essential to keep kids engaged in active learning and how to make the classroom a place where kids want to be. Throughout future podcast episodes, I'll be talking about what I'm doing in the classroom to create those show-stopping learning experiences that students will remember. I'll be throwing in some tales of my 17-year career as a teacher, and we'll be talking about my five teaching non-negotiables. What I'm looking forward to most is hosting fellow educator friends, former students, and their parents, and on occasion may have some Hollywood friends drop in to talk about what they remember most about school. So if you've heard me speak before, you may already know about what I call my five teaching non-negotiables. Those are the five things that I've pretty much kept sacred for the 17 years I've been a teacher. These include active learning, classroom management, no time for downtime, create memories and build bonds, expect the unexpected. On my previous episode, I posed a few reflective questions for you. The first was, who are your role models? Have you had a mentor who supported you throughout your educational journey? And do you have a teacher tribe? If so, how do you inspire each other? For my 17 years in the classroom, I've been fortunate enough to have many role models. In 2010, I visited the Ron Clark Academy for the very first time. If you don't already know, the Ron Clark Academy is a private middle school in Atlanta, Georgia. Co-founders Ron Clark and Kim Bearden didn't just create an extraordinary school, but they created a place where teachers from around the world could come and visit and participate in out-of-the-box professional development. RCA's co-founder, Kim Bearden, has been a huge role model for me. You can rarely pinpoint a moment in time when you know your life was changed. Spending time in her classroom, watching her teach, and listening to her speak unlocked a passion I didn't know I had. The first time I met Kim was about six months after my mother had passed away. I was in my seventh year of teaching, and while I loved the job, the pressure of state assessments and scripted curriculums were draining at the least. Kim reinvigorated me, and for that I will be forever thankful to her and the Ron Clark Academy. In all honesty, I owe much of my success to her, Ron, and the entire RCA community. I've also been really fortunate to have several mentors. Over the years, numerous teachers and administrators have encouraged me to be my best and have helped me take a vision and turn it into a reality. Teacher friends like Adam DeVico, Hope and Wade King, Camille Jones, Ray Hugert, and Nancy Chung inspire me every single day. Former and present colleagues, Deneen Cossack, Nina Smith, Lisa Wells, Deb Mazura, Elise Allen, Melissa Jordan, Marvin Jacobson, Tanika Schliebe, and Mary Chen have all contributed to the journey of me being a teacher and will forever be members of my teacher tribe. In this episode, I'm going to continue to talk about my first teaching non-negotiable, active learning. Like I explained in the previous episode, the term active learning comes from Egner Dale's research, which states that humans remember 90% of what they do. One of the ways that I have students engage in active learning is through my room simulations. In the last episode, I described my cruise around the world, the Reading King, and Indiana Jones and the Lost City. In this episode, I'm going to break down three more. 
After teaching students about rounding decimals, I do my rodeo roundup room simulation. During this lesson, students become pig farmers and must collect pigs branded with numbers that will round to a number that they have been assigned. The night before this lesson, I blow up about 160 pink balloons. There's a combination of large balloons and small balloons. I write numbers on each balloon, and these numbers are the numbers that will round to the numbers that students are assigned. For example, if a student has been assigned a number with decimal point, 564 in it, the student must search the classroom for eight balloons with numbers that will round to 564 thousandths. A pig branded with decimal point 5641, 5,642 ten thousandths, or decimal point 5639, 5,639 ten thousandths, would be examples of numbers that would count as correct. After students find two big pigs and six baby pigs, they bring their box of pigs over to me. I check over their work to see if they rounded up the correct pigs. In addition to being dressed as a farmer, I have pig sounds playing in the background and a big red barn backdrop covering the wall. When presenting my Creating the Experience workshop at schools and conferences, I conduct this simulation during the workshop. Rather than using balloons, I use paper pigs placed into small burlap bags. Teachers sort the pigs into correct piles based on what number each pig is branded with. I've seen teachers take this idea and do it with Latin root words, multiplication and division facts, and various phonics patterns. My goal when teaching American history is to present the content from multiple perspectives. Halfway through my American Revolution unit, I transform my classroom into Independence Hall. In my Back to the Future Independence Hall simulation, I dress up like a founding father and take students back in time to look at the American Revolution through the lenses of women, Africans, American Indians, and British Loyalists. In a candlelit classroom, students sip tea, eat biscuits, and read four different articles. Students then use their quill pen to take notes in bound journals describing how each group contributed to helping the 13 colonies break free from British rule. Students take the notes from this lesson to writing class and with the help of their writing teacher write and publish a multi-paragraph essay focusing on different viewpoints from the American Revolution. As part of my nonfiction unit in March, students participate in a game of text structure madness. After learning about the five different text structures, I transform my classroom into a college basketball court and divide students into two teams. Students are given a set of short nonfiction passage task cards, a dice, a mini basketball, a whiteboard, and a dry erase marker. When the clock starts, students get 60 seconds to read the passage and determine the text structure, compare, contrast, cause, effect, description, sequence, and problem and solution. Students write their answers down on the whiteboard, and when the timer buzzes, they hold their answers up. The students who answered the question correctly get a chance to shoot their basketball into the basket. The game continues for about 30 minutes. To see examples of other room simulations that I do with my students, check out my Instagram account. Such simulations include the Order of Operations Room, the Fiction World Series, Fraction Football, Bakery Cafe, and Wonka's Candyland. 
So the top questions I get about my room simulations are, who pays for all of this stuff, and where do I store it all? My lesson simulations were not all created at once. It has taken me years to collect all of these materials. But I do have some rules for myself. Number one, shop wisely. Yes, I have a budget, and no, it's not unlimited. I'm actually very frugal when it comes to buying new materials for a simulation. With my classroom budget, I usually buy consumable things like paper, markers, colored pencils, labels, and folders. Props and decorations that I reuse from year to year, I usually buy myself or try to get donated. Number two, buy things on sale. I will use coupons and teacher discounts whenever possible. If something isn't on sale, I will either tell the cashier in my nicest teacher voice that I'm a teacher and these materials I'm buying for are for a school project and almost always they give me a discount. I also ask for donations. It's surprising what families may have lying around at home or can get from someone that they know. If you don't already use Donors Choose, I highly recommend it. Donors Choose is a fantastic resource to get classroom projects funded. Check out their website for information on how you could submit a request for classroom materials. Many of the more expensive items that I have have been funded from help of Donors Choose. I also post things on my Amazon wish list and have had friends, family, and parents of students purchase items off that list for me. Number three, reuse everything. If you look closely at my photos, you will see the same items are used over and over again. The safari hats are also my archaeology hats. The green tablecloths from my Fiction World series are the same ones that I use for Independence Hall. The kids never get to keep those little props like sunglasses and the binoculars that I use. And some of my lesson accessories are older than my current students. Number four, Amazon sells everything. The large backdrops that I use usually only cost me about $20 on Amazon. The rest of my materials, if they don't come from Amazon, usually come from either Hobby Lobby or Michaels. Number five, borrow. I borrow a lot and lend a lot out too. I borrow from friends, family members, other classrooms, and even my own home. My costumes often come from a very generous former parent who works in the costume industry. They allow me to borrow the costumes at no cost. Well, storage isn't so easy. Back in New York, I had a huge walk-in closet, probably the size of a small classroom, to store my materials in. I certainly miss that room. Currently, I have limited storage in my classroom. I have a small area that I hide behind a curtain that stores about eight large Rubbermaid bins full of materials. And my school is very accommodating when trying to help me find space on campus to store some of my larger props. But the majority of items are in a storage container that I rent out. So last week, I got a few messages on Twitter regarding where do I come up with my ideas? And that's a good question. The six lessons I've described so far, I've come up with on my own. I don't know how I do it, 
But when I see something when I'm out and about, I always try to think about how I can incorporate it into a lesson. Some of my other lesson simulations have been inspired from other teachers' lessons. For example, Kim Bearden does a language arts lesson that involves、uh, students operating on sentences. I took that idea and now I use it in my math class when I teach the order of operations. Instead of students operating on sentences and punctuations, students operate on solving algebraic equations. Social media is such a fantastic platform to share and gather ideas from. I love seeing what other teachers are doing in their classrooms and sharing my own lessons and activities. The professional learning networks, PLNs, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter without a doubt inspire me daily. Reflection questions for you. Number one. Who or what inspires you to try new ideas in the classroom? Number two, what are your hacks on gathering supplies and materials? Number three, do you use social media or a PLN to improve your teaching? Next week, I'm going to talk about some of the classroom games that I use for active learning, including review games that you can use for any grade and any subject area. Well, I can't believe that I get to call my next guest a friend. Nancy Chung, also known as on Instagram as Fancy Nancy in Fifth, is a true teacher superhero. There isn't a day that goes by when I don't think to myself, how does she do it all? Her classroom is gorgeous, and the lessons that she does with her class are incredible. Nancy and I have been talking on social media for about two years, but only met in person last summer. And we actually just had lunch this past weekend, along with the incredible Courtney Hinshaw, also known as Ramona Recommends, and the amazing Hallie Harwick, also known as Hello, Mrs. Harwick. Welcome to Lights, Cameras, Teach. I'm so excited that you're here. So, in about 60 seconds, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up,、uh, where you went to school, and what you are currently teaching? Sure, Kevin.、Um, I grew up in South Korea until I was in fifth grade, and my family immigrated to Orange County in Southern California when I was in fifth grade.、Um, my own schooling experience.、Um, I used to hate reading when I was little、oh, uh, wow. because my mom, you know, I shouldn't say that on, <laughs> on a podcast as a teacher.、Right. But、um, my mom, who was an avid reader, used to choose books for me and would always make me do book reports on it.、Oh, wow. And so it wasn't, I know, it wasn't until way later, until I, I actually became an adult, that I started to enjoy reading.、Um, mm-hmm. And in school, I loved projects, but I hated tests. <laughs> but, I was, but I was a good student. Awesome.、Um, Yeah, currently I am a four or five combo teacher in Irvine, California, also in Orange County. And、um, let's see,、uh, should I talk about my family? Sure, a little bit. <laughs> okay, sure.、Um, I am married and I have two big kids. My daughter, who is 21, is actually graduating next week from college. That's awesome. And yeah, she's studying to be a teacher. And my son is 17 and he is a senior in high school. Nice. Um, so, how about what is something you remember fondly about school? Maybe there was a teacher who inspired you to become a teacher. I have previously s p o k e that it was my third grade teacher who completely inspired、mm-hmm. me to do everything that I do today.、Mm-hmm. Um, well, I 
always have loved school and I loved all my teachers, but someone who really stands out is my ESL teacher, Mrs. Weiser. Uh, I was a product of, you know, ESL, English okay. as a second language. Um, and I was pulled out for about 30 to 45 minutes a day to spend with her and a small group of other students learning English. And uh, she was always very caring and loving, but still had very high expectations for me uh, and didn't make me feel, you know, dumb for not being able to speak English. Right. And so she is somebody who really inspired me to become a teacher. That's awesome. Um, well, your classroom is like completely spectacular. So um, oh, sure you, oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you. You do the most engaging things with your students. Um, can you maybe talk about one or two things that you do to kind of engage them in this idea of active learning of actually doing things rather than just sitting and listening to us speak all day long? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as a student, I remember sitting and just trying to listen and understand the teacher and I would just always zone out. So I always try to think of what I would have liked as a student. Mm. And well, one of the things that I do is I teach by storytelling. And whenever I tell my stories, I suck my students in. And I, ha I mean, you have to have buy in from the students, right. right, when you're teaching. And, you know, sometimes when I tell them, oh, we're going to do something really fun, they ask, well, teacher fun or student fun? You know? I'm like, well, teacher fun is student fun. Right. They're like, no, it's not, you know. Um, but, you know, I always try to add an element of surprise for them, whether okay. it's, you know, me putting on a costume. I know you are a veteran at, you know, I, costume I, I transformations. Costume. Yeah, costume. <laughs> yes. Any reason to dress up, hey, seriously. right? Seriously. Sometimes yes. my kids know if I, like, leave to use the restroom a few oh. months before a period, they know I'm coming back uh -huh. dressed in something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just like you. Uh, so whether it's, like, you know, putting on a costume, inviting a guest, or, you know, telling them some some crazy story, um, I, I just have buy-in from the students and they just know they know now if I say we're going to do something fun that like teacher fun is also student fun right. and you know they and they stay engaged awesome awesome yeah um it's the holidays um so do you have anything mm -hmm. special happening in your room uh for the next week or two well, uh, as you know, we're up at camp. We're at Outdoor Science yes. for this week. Yeah. And so we have very little time left when we go back to school next week. So I don't have too many things like, you know, too many projects that I have started or finishing. Um, but in January, when they come back, I'm actually going to be doing some cross stitching with my students Ooh. while they, I know, while they listen to podcasts. Oh, wow. Like I'm, We've been listening to uh, Six Minutes, uh, and my, my students love listening to podcasts, right. and we are hoping to create one of our own in the future. But as they listen to podcasts, you know, I've, I've had them draw pictures or doodle or write notes, uh, but I'm going to actually start cross-stitching with them. Awesome. <laughs> so we're going to do a little, little project there. Very cool. Um, yeah. How about, last question, do you have any uh, mm -hmm. teacher pet peeves, even if they're just little funny ones? Oh, my gosh. I have so many. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's all teachers, but I, my, my main pet peeve is the pens clicking or mm, tapping Yes. any, any repetitive noises. Okay. I, I just can't ignore or tune out. So those are my pet peeves. Okay. Um, okay. I always like to play a little game. It's called the rapid five. Uh, Ooh, okay. All you have to do is I'm going to ask you five questions. I'm going to ask you really quickly. And you just answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. Very little thinking that's involved. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, number one, uh, ocean or a lake? Ocean. Okay. Um, favorite Christmas song? Ooh, uh, The Christmas Song by Adam Sandler. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Um, hamburgers <laughs> or hot dogs? 
Hamburgers. Nice. Um, what are you currently reading? Um, I'm always reading kids' books. My favorite book right now that I'm reading is Front Desk. And Twizzlers or Red Vines? Oh, Red Vines all the way. Uh, <laughs> so you're a West Coaster. Us East Coasters, like myself, we like Twizzlers. Oh, um, get out. Yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. Um, our listeners don't know, but we actually spent this Sunday together at brunch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So but, much fun. Yes, and I hope you were surviving your sleepaway camp. Oh, it's vacation for me. <laughs> Nancy is no me cooking. A, yeah, you've sent me a few photos and uh, mm-hmm. we got back from camp about a month ago and your camp mm-hmm. is, is much nicer than than where I was. Oh, say. it is so nice. We're going to have to get you over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might be it. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you so, so much. It's a really busy time of the year and I appreciate uh, you being a guest on Lights Can't oh, Teach. It's my pleasure. It's been so fun. So that wraps up this episode of Lights, Cameras, Teach. But before I sign off, NewsElla is one of my favorite free online platforms, which features high-interest articles on everything, including math, history, science, and current events. The NewsElla content is updated daily with articles from a variety of sources. The articles are available in both English and Spanish and are Common Core aligned. They are available on multiple lexile levels, ranging from 3rd to 12th grade. Each level text features its own quiz, and the pro version, a paid subscription, unlocks even additional teacher features. Next week's podcast guests, yes, guests, are a former student and their parent. They will be talking about what they remember about being a part of my class, the class of 2013, and how active learning created a meaningful impact on their lives. And I must plug a book that I just finished reading this weekend. Trevor Muir's second book, The Collaborative Classroom, is incredible. His book gives ideas on how a positive classroom environment and collaboration will empower students to do their best. If you have any room on your holiday wish list, I highly suggest adding The Collaborative Classroom to it. Until next time, thanks for listening to Lights, Cameras, Teach.